Thank you, friends. Why don't you take a seat? You guys too, if you want to hang out, you can sit. From the first day that we crossed the threshold into C3 Silverwater, we loved you from the first day. And I remember that first day distinctly, still vivid in my memory. I remember sitting in that mother's room just through the window there with a Brazilian baby, an African baby Jojo, and baby Sienna, and I'm like, this is so rich, it's so beautiful, it's a snapshot of heaven, the breadth and the richness and the wonder of silver water. And I want to thank Pastor Phil and Chris for releasing us, for opening the greatest door of our life. It has been such a privilege, such a joy, and we are forever indebted to you for seeing us and making way for us um, the joy and the richness and the wonder that we've experienced in this place wouldn't have happened unless you backed us and you sent us west. And we're very grateful. You know, Silverwater has been the making of us. All the fruits of the Spirit got a good workout <laughs> and evolved in us in this place. And we're, and we're indebted to you. You stand and honour us, but we're indebted to you. We will never be the same and we'll never minister the same, we'll never see the same because of what is so precious, what God is doing in this place. Special mention to the Sabbath family who, who loved us from the very beginning and took us in as your own. And from the victorious moments to the valley moments, you covered us. So a few personal silver water highlights. For me, watching leaders rise is probably one of my all-time favorite personal joys. <laughs> and there've been many times I've glimpsed a diamond in the rough in someone and called it out and coached it out and watched it come out of hiding, watched it come into its own in the lives of many people. And they've been, they've been wondrous moments and that's been a great joy for Hearts and I. Watching my children grow up here and develop their own ministry sensitivities and their own love for Jesus is absolutely pri priceless. The transportive worship experience. I've been to churches the world over and I've never experienced what I feel here on a Sunday. That fiery um, f uh, liberty, that freedom, that permission to go out into the deeps, the um, that atmosphere that feels like it's an incubator for miracles. It's so powerful. It's been a great privilege to stand in it. One particular Sunday that I'll never forget, and actually there was a period of time where on our Salvation altar calls, we were seeing friends from Syria on one side, friends from um, Iran on one side, translator on each side, and we were seeing them find Jesus and reconnect to him in this place. And I thought, this is a holy, sacred God theme that our church has had the privilege of getting swept up in. It's so precious, it's so beautiful. I'm very grateful. You know, I landed as a young mother and I've had a very protected life. I was raised on pure love. My parents did a good job, I'm very grateful. But you taught me what dignity looks like particularly those who have endured war and hardship, you've shown me the valiant strength of the human spirit and you have my respect. And many of you have a story in this room. 
But this morning, as we say, see you later, (laughs) I want to talk about the nature of transition. And transition has been happening since the beginning of time. You know, as long as God has been sovereign over the earth, he's been directing and positioning his representatives. He's got the bird's eye view. He's about the business of the kingdom and he knows where he needs people. And I'm thinking of this particular day where God transitioned Jesus. He called him home. His work was victorious and complete and Jesus reassures his disciples in John 14, even before his crucifixion, he prepared his disciples. He gave them a forewarning, he sat them down, he, he let them know, he painted a picture of what was to come. He was letting them know there's a transition coming. And in the message uh, translation in John 14, 1, it says, and this is our prayer for you, do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed or agitated. You believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely on God. And verse two says, in my father's house, there are many dwelling places, homes. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And there are many rooms, both in heaven and on earth, that God is in the business of preparing and cultivating. They're on his watch. And we're going to build another room because God's asked us to. We're going to build a cousin room (laughs) in C3 Port Macquarie. And we'll be seeing you around the C3 tribe. It goes on to say in verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And there are lots of natural questions that spring up in our hearts in the midst of transition, um, transition. Thomas got misled by the natural. He was just looking in the natural. The natural doesn't tend to satisfy the questions of the heart. It's not enough. Moves like this are not natural. They're supernatural. They're directed by a God who has the bird's eye view. They're directed by a God who knows how many minutes we've got left on this earth. (laughs) They're directed by a God who cares and loves. It's about the extension of the kingdom. And it's our privilege all to be swept up in the extension of the kingdom. And in this story, the disciples get really tangled up in the who, what, when, how questions, which is so typical of humanity, approaching a thing in the natural that was entirely supernatural. But Jesus' reply in verse 16 is, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may remain with you forever. See, it's the nature of Jesus never just to remove himself without giving a greater substitute for his presence. And I want to remind us all in this season that though Nat and Hartza, see you later, the Holy Spirit is more present than he's ever been, more available than he's ever been for each and every one of us in this place. And he is the comforter. He's the ultimate accompaniment. He is the perfect friend. He covers us. He understands us. He's a voice of counsel. He's a voice of wisdom. He's a voice of understanding. He gets us and he backs us and he's with us and he never moves away. The Holy Spirit never moves away. It goes on to say in the message, verse 26, this is how Jesus describes this great Holy Spirit, the friend, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send at my request will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things I have told you. 
I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you, peace. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned, bereft, so don't be upset. Don't be distraught. You've heard me tell you I'm going away and I'm coming back. If you love me, you'll be glad that I'm on my way to the Father because the Father is the goal and purpose of my life. Yes, Jesus. And when the Father is the goal and the purpose of our life, it reflects that. Sometimes it looks a little bit unique. Sometimes it looks like walking off the page. When the Father is the singular goal and purpose of our life, it doesn't mean we just get to choose comfort. We don't, we don't get to choose familiarity. Sometimes it calls us out into new places. And I want to finish with this um, last verse, 23. And Jesus says, Because a loveless world, said Jesus, is a sightless world. If anyone loves me, he will carefully keep my word and my father will love him and will move right into the neighborhood. And I love that this is a seeing church. Because this is a loving church, this is a seeing church, we are positioned to see Western Sydney. This is the distinct mark of C3 Silverwater. It's seen Marylands, it's seen Parramatta, it's seen Bankstown, it's seen C3 Cares, it's seen New Life. This is a house that sees because this is a house that loves. Because a loveless world is a sightless world, where this is a loving and a seeing place. Because Jesus is in us. Love is the strength of C3 Silverwater. The greatest harvest comes through love. So keep moving into the neighborhood. Keep moving into your neighborhood. Keep seeing your sphere of influence. Go out and get them because time is ticking and God is moving us. He's enlarging his footprint on the earth. He's going out after the one. He's seeing the one. Let's be mobilized as a great army, a great body together and see our neighborhood and go out and get them. They're there to be seen and they're there to be loved. Amen. Amen. Well, now it's my husband's turn. Pastor Hartley, welcome you. Thank you, Natalie. Before I start, this is the first and last time I will ever tag team preaching with my wife. And if I ever get asked it's happening again, I'm going first. It's been a great ride, Natalie. Thank you for doing it with me. It's been wonderful. Well, here we go. Here we go. I have a few little thank yous uh, here this morning. And uh, like Natalie said, we just want to thank you, church. We are so deeply grateful for each and every one of you that have been on this ride with us. I want to thank you for those that have built this house with us, by our side. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to thank those that have been part of the expansion beyond just the Sunday services here at Silverwater, as Natalie said, those that have helped us uh, see and, and start what was Padstow and now Bankstown, Parramatta, Marylands, New Life in Fairfield, C3 Cares, both here and in Auburn. Thank you for those that did that with us and continue to do that. Thank you. I want to thank those that embraced us like we were your family. And there's many of you that did that to us. You opened your homes for us. You cooked us meals. You laughed with us. You talked about life with us. Thank you. I want to thank those that prayed for us those that uh, prayed for us because I believe the fruit of our life 
has been so greatly impacted from those that would take the time and effort to pray for the tailors. So thank you. We would not be where we are uh, without your prayers. Thank you so much. I want to thank those that celebrate the birth of two of our three kids. We came with Sienna, but we did have Jesse and Cleo here. And thank you, church, for celebrating those very precious moments with us. Thank you for those that held our babies so we could minister in this place. A small gesture, but it meant the world to us. I want to thank those that saw our children and believed in them and championed them because they're on an amazing trajectory. And a lot of that is because of the people of this house that have played a part in that. I want to thank those that would look after our kids so Natalie and I could have some time together. We should have done that more. Let's do that more, Natalie. Thank you those that uh, prepared meals and filled our fridge and freezer with food because without it, there might have been a few Sunday afternoons where we were quite hungry. Thank you very much. I want to thank those that stood with our family when I battled meningitis a number of years ago for taking care of baby Cleo at the time, for praying by my hospital bed, for praying from afar. Thank you, that meant a lot. And last year when we lost our baby, thank you, church, for pouring out your love in a very hard season for us as a family. We love you and we want to thank you. Thank you. And Pastor Phil and Chris, thank you. It has always been an honour to stand alongside you and build the magnificent house of God. It's been a privilege to be able to preach from this pulpit. So thank you so much for what you've done for us. So I've got a few final little words that I just want to say here. I'm I was calling, I was thinking my last preach, but it's just my final preach for a season. Are we okay with that? For a season, for a season. And this little thing here this morning, I want to uh, title is The Upward Core. Because I really want uh, to encourage you here this morning to choose a life where priority number one is obedience to the core that God would have for each of you that that is your priority in life, that you would actually live that way, that God gets your focus, God gets your best, He is your number one. Have it that way in your life, set up that for your life into the future. Put your heart in a place that He gets it. He gets your skills, the very best. He gets the best of your abilities. He gets the best of your talents. Live life like that. Paul writes to the Philippians and he says this, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, I love this, it kind of simplifies some things. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward core of God in Christ Jesus. He reveals his priority so clearly. He's like, it's not about that, it's about going forward and it's about pressing into what God would have for me and it's an, it's an upward core in God, uh, in life, in Christ Jesus. He makes it very clear that that is where he is heading. And I just want to encourage us here this morning, head in that same direction. Make your one thing to go after that prize, to go after doing what God would cause you to do and ask you to do because it will be wonderful, it will be fruitful and you will find yourself living life in a way that is more fulfilling than anything else on planet earth, anything else. In the Old Testament book of Isaiah, it says this in Isaiah 6, 8. Isaiah is having this vision and he says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, this is Isaiah, Here I am, send me. 
I want to encourage you here today in life to just be someone who says, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. I think about the journey for myself into Silverwater. It's a journey that actually started before I arrived here on a Sunday. Before that Sunday 12 years ago, it was a journey for me personally where I was uh, kind of having a summer on the northern beaches, which is grand and magnificent and very beautiful. And I was enjoying life. I was working full time. We had Sienna as a six-month-old and life was, was good. But I was, uh, I was still going to youth on a Friday night and attending church on a Sunday night. And I just found that Saturdays and Sundays were full of enjoyable things that are cool. But I got this, this sense that there was more to just Sundays being, I go to the beach for a surf, come home, have breakfast, take the family to the beach, come home, read the paper and wait all afternoon for church to start at night, watch a bit of sport. I just knew that there was more. So my here I am went like this, God, more of you, less of me. More of you, less of me. I just declared that to God. And I love that when you place yourself in a position like that, Get ready for God to move because it was literally, literally weeks later, Mark Kelsey, Pastor Mark Kelsey calls me into his office with Mark Zornicock and they give us the formal invitation. We've taken on the church. It was then called C3 Central West. Would you, Natalie, like to go out and help us out? There's no promise to a title, nothing but that. And all of a sudden it was like a yes from me. I called out to God, more of you, less of me. And my goodness, did I get a lot more of him and a lot less of me. Sundays never ever look the same. I've brought about three Sunday papers ever since. So you live like that. And it's just a great place to posture and position yourself in life. And it is an upward call. I'm gonna say when you serve God, it is an upward call. It is an upward call. It is the best place to be. It's the place he would want you to be. And I'll say he will not disappoint. He has not disappointed us and he will not disappoint your life. I can remember uh, many years ago, Natalie and I traveled to San Francisco and we brought a, a plane ticket that went via Auckland up to San Francisco. Yes, it's a bit of a detour, but I think it was because of the cost of the ticket. And I remember when we booked it, there was meant to be a 90-minute layover in Auckland. And just a few weeks prior to us uh, jet-setting on that trip, the airline contacted us and said, look, sorry, uh, we have to put you on a much earlier flight out of Sydney. You're going to have a five-and-a-half-hour stay in Auckland. I wasn't too impressed, but I thought, well, it is what it is. So I remember uh, on this day checking in at Sydney Airport and uh, they gave us two sets of tickets. And they said, look, we've got some good news. We're going to put you in uh, uh, premium economy from Sydney to Auckland. I'm like, I'd never had an upgrade. Never had an upgrade. I was excited. I know it's not, you know, right at the front of the plane, but I'm like, I'm in there going, look at this leg room. They serve you the meals before the rest, you know, when you start going... Hey, how are we doing back there? You start, I was loving it. And we got to Auckland. And when we, as I said, they gave us both of our tickets. When we got to Auckland, uh, we sat around, we looked at the shops and we just had to kill the five and a half hours. And we got to the lounge and we're waiting there. Everyone's getting on the plane. Everyone's getting on the plane. We're sitting right in the corner and I'm waiting for the whole place to be empty. I'm, I'm back footed. I'm stepping right back before I entered. And I remember going up to the desk and handing in the two tickets we got from Sydney and the lady kind of grabs the tickets and, so I was looking at the computer and says, oh, just come over here. And she goes to another computer. She's on there for ages. And then she prints out a ticket and she turns it upside down. And she's like, and then after like quite a while, it felt like 60, 90 seconds, she's like, oh, you can board now. 
and she gives us the tickets that I got in Sydney and I'm like oh and I'm walking down there I'm like, what was all that about what was it? and I'm like this light went off I'm like they must have said try and upgrade these guys if you can try and put them towards the front of the plane but because we were the very last ones to get there I think they'd all filled up and we didn't get the upgrade that was the worst flight of my entire life Auckland to San Francisco thinking I should be at the front 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 I was so disappointed but it was my own fault in one sense I'm like backward so I want to encourage you here today it's an upward core. Don't be back-footed. You might have gone and, and been serving in the house of God before and stuff happened. Go again. You might be of an age and think there's no room for me. There's room for you. God needs you, all of you. He needs your gifts, your talents, your abilities. He needs the whole package. And it's an upward core. It's a kind of front-of-the-plane traveling core. It's a good place core. So I want to encourage you today to keep going. It's an upward core. Dive in 100%. He is with you. He is for you. This is a magnificent house. This is a spectacular place. God has got great plans for this house. Jump on board. This is the biggest story on planet earth. That is the church proclaiming Jesus Christ came to this earth. He came to this earth. He died on a cross so that people can go to heaven and be with God for eternity. That's the biggest story on the planet. I think every newspaper in the, in the world should never have a front page with anything else but that story. It should be always what's on the second page, what's on the inside page. It should never be about the front page, anything else than that one and only and true story. And as people here, I'd encourage you to jump on board, get part of this story. Your story's awesome, and God, He's into your story. But at some stage in life, we've got to go, my story's great, but there's a bigger one, and I need to step over and get involved in the big story. God, just, just, just call out and say, yeah, use me. Just, just put yourself in that position. See what He does. Like I said, it wasn't long until doors just swung open, swung open, swung open. And just position yourself. Position yourself like that and get ready to see how he will use you in this magnificent story of telling the people of this world about him, about him, and just keep building. The landscape might be changing just very mildly with Natalie and I moving up and pastoring C3 Port Macquarie. In four weeks, it'll be, oh, Hartley who? (laughs) Or maybe six, but it will never be Jesus who. It'll always be Jesus Christ. It's his church. He's at the head of this place. And that is not going to change. It is his church. So I just love you to just say, yeah, I'll, I'll dive in. That passage in Philippians, you know, forgetting what's behind, straining forward to what lies ahead. Church, what lies ahead is great, magnificent, wonderful. God has mighty and big plans. Get on board champion the church, pray for the church, believe in the church, speak well of the church and its leaders, get on board and building the church, start running that connect group, start getting on a team, start being part of this place. You will not regret it because it is an upward core. He is there for you. It would be magnificent. My life has changed because I dived in and I'm going to keep diving in because I know that it matters to God that I'm on board and I am on board board and I would encourage you to get on board, to get on board. Why don't we give the Lord a round of applause because he is good.